Stage tomorrow evening at 7.30 in a splash of Irish culture. Tomorrow night at the Wyo Theater. Get your tickets now at the Wyo Theater box office or online at wyotheater.com. Hi, this is Brad here at Prime Rate Motors, where we know everybody's story is different. We recently had a husband and wife who wished to trade up on both of their cars, but were very firm on keeping their payments close to what they were used to. Turns out they were on the right side of the equation on their payoffs, and we were able to move back on the year of the new cars to keep them in their comfort zone on the payments. Everybody's story is different. Let us help you with yours. Primate Motors, PrimateMotors.com, and the Super Trailer Store. Auto loans are quick, confidential, and easy with Easy Cash. Good credit, bad credit, no credit. They'll work with you for the best interest rate and affordable payments. Easy Cash reviews each application to ensure the applicant can make payments without financial strain. At Easy Cash, they believe everyone should have the ability to own a reliable and safe vehicle. Call Easy Cash 6730050 or go to easycashwy.com. Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither was your house. So if you're thinking about countertop remodeling in your kitchen, bar, or bathroom, think ahead and plan now. So when you're ready for the next big remodel, the big remodel will be ready for you. Sheridan Custom Stone is the most experienced locally owned stone countertop contractor in town. So that means top shelf work and great customer service. Visit SheridanCustomStone.com or at 1765 South Sheridan Avenue to start your dream project. Today isn't just another ordinary day. It's time for you to make a career change. And your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette would like you to join their team. Owner Larry Storo. Bob, you can earn up to $15 per hour. And even better is that you can work today and get paid tomorrow. We'll help you improve your career potential with benefits that include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. Apply in person today at your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Not my guest this morning was the mayor of Sheridan prior to his appointment to the Wyoming State Senate. He worked as an intern for U.S. Senator Malcolm Wallop, was a research director on Al Simpson's Senate campaign, and an assistant campaign manager on Pete Simpson's gubernatorial campaign. In 2012, he put together the direct mail campaign for John Schiffer for Senate District 22. He also served as county president, committeeman, and the resolutions and platform committees, was a member of the board of directors for the Wyoming Association of Municipalities, and served on the WAM Legislative Committee. He is also one of the founding office holders of the Northeast Wyoming Municipal Leaders, or NUI. He has been the senator representing District 22 since 2014. 
And I want to welcome him back to the show, Senator Dave Kinsky. Hey, thank you, Floyd. Good you know, morning, sir. There's there's two notable omissions in that. It sounds like I've been in government all my life, but most of my life has been business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was raised in the family business. I, uh, I worked as an adult in, in my father's family business, and then I had a business of my own. And so I consider myself a business person first. The second part that's missing that that is really top line to me is I have been married to my wife, Donna, for 46 years. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. Three, 46. Three children and grandchild number four on the way April 1st. So those 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 are those are the proudest accomplishments. Congratulations, sir. You. That's amazing. Now, uh, a busy last couple of weeks. It's It's been an exhausting last couple of weeks. And to kind of set the background for it a little bit, Floyd, I I felt frustration and sometimes bordering on anger with the, with the political system that we've got in Washington. And and here's how it related to what we were doing down there. I kept – I have this feeling of deja vu all over again, like Jimmy Carter is president again. So for those who are too young to remember Jimmy Carter, here's, here I'll set the scene. We had a critical energy shortage. Inflation was out of control. And America was not respected militarily. That all sounds familiar. Under this current administration, we, are, we have an energy crisis because they've shut down oil and gas industry at a time when it's critically needed for the war in Ukraine, which I, you know, a lot I've heard over and over and over again. Is there any question that Putin would not have done what he's doing under the prior administration? And inflation is raging out of control because it's spend, 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 spend. And there's some Republicans in Congress that are complicit in that spending. So if you go back just two years ago, compare and contrast, we were a net exporter of energy. Gasoline was not 4 and $5 at the pump. We, we had a strong national defense, and we were, we were respected militarily around the world. And inflation ranged between 0 and 2%. And so... That gets very frustrating when you know the source of much of that inflation, which robs from the poor, which robs from the elderly, is all this spending. So since this, since the COVID crisis began, yes, there's been some spending by Washington that was necessary to help deal with the crisis, but most of it, it's been an excuse just to do what they like to do best, which is spend. Starting from the beginning of the COVID crisis till now, counting up all the money that has gone to Wyoming individuals, businesses, and government entities, there has flowed into Wyoming $8 billion. $8 billion over the span of less than three years. And so then the half a billion, now the next source of frustration, the money that that the legislature was entrusted with, $1.03 billion, we cannot save it. We can't. You must spend it, are the orders from Washington. Spend it or lose it. And that's just not a behavior that comes naturally to Wyoming legislators. It might come natural to Washington or California and New York, but we are not naturally. Cheyenne does spend plenty, and too much in many cases, but to say, here's half a billion dollars, you must spend it. And so you've got some buckets that you have to spend it in. And a lot of it is is top-heavy with construction and infrastructure, which I like. But there are a lot of us going... Half a billion dollars to be spent in three to four years. Can, do we even have the capacity to spend that much money? Do we even have enough contractors? And here's the great danger. The government will end up bidding against government, setting off yet another spiral of inflation, and you private sector projects may get squeezed out by all this money sloshing around. 
to, to for the government construction projects. So that's that's the background where you get frustrated and sometimes even angry at, at 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 the situation that we're facing. How did we how how did we end up in this hole so fast so fast? So ARPA American Recovery Plan Act. Um, our mission was uh, 1.3 billion dollars. Uh, that had been handed to the state legislature. Now, what the government did is local government entities had money, and they don't print it anymore, Floyd. I used to say, oh, they're printing money. They don't print it. They just zap it. It just shows up in the account. Boom, there you go. So local government entities, cities and counties, they've got, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars in Wyoming. School districts, half a billion dollars direct to the school districts. They didn't go through Cheyenne. Half a billion dollars direct to the schools to spend. Now, is it are the the rules on that money the same as the one that you received? No, no, completely. No. They don't have to spend this right away. I, 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 if they have rules, they're minimal. Okay. If they have rules, they're minimal. And so, where we ended up is the legislature. First of all, we we were able, in fact, to um, we were able to save some of it. What we what what the governor did, and I think it's I think it's very wise, is is some of the some of this money went out and said, you know, here's money to help pay for the prisons, and here's a lot of money to help pay for your Department of Healthcare services. So we spent that, and then didn't spend our own money. So that generated something that you know we could kind of put aside. Um, and then the rest of it was, you know, there's various buckets of ARPA, but let me give you some of the big ones uh, where we ended up. Um, the governor has discretion over fifty million dollars if there's another if there's another health care crisis if there's you know the whatever Greek letter variant of of covid um there's ten million dollars earmarked for workforce development programs, and the Department of Workforce Services is doing a, a great job there's ten million dollars for parks and the outdoor rec grant programs now why is that? Our, during the crisis, our state parks filled up. They were overloaded. And so some of this money goes, let's upgrade those facilities. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? How is that a health care crisis? Yeah, yeah. You know? And, it, and you know, the health care crisis is just kind of a, a cover to spend a lot of money. It's a, it's a big umbrella, isn't it, yeah. that, that they're using? Yeah. And then uh, WyoLink, that's the emergency system that, all, that we want all the emergency responders on the same system. This WyoLink has gone on for a decade. It's still not done. We said just take $35 million of that and let's get the system finished. Just finish it. Get it done. Tired of waiting about. Um, $13 million is going out to health care facilities to, to help with the excess labor costs. Um, $5 million is going to the Department of Health just to try some innovations to, to try and deal with uh, health care shortages in Wyoming. Um, and then there's $15 million that's going out for tr- an, uh, trying to stabilize emergency services and trying a regional uh, ambulance response pilot project where you pull together three or four counties, and see if you can consolidate and improve the response and reduce the costs. We've, I think we've lost five or six ambulance services in the last couple of years in Wyoming. You know, it's just, it's such a small market that it's very hard for them to make it. So this is a, an initiative to help keep the ones we've got and then to hopefully uh, see if we can get a, uh, 
a uh, regional project of some kind going that might help us. $5 million is going to uh, health care capital improvements. So I'd like to see our hospital get some of that. And let me get some of the other, some of the larger ones. Uh, $6 million towards nursing training. That's called the Wyoming, Wyoming Innovation in Nursing Program. And that's a program that trains nurses, and they, that, they injected $6 million into that, and that's really overdue. Okay, now $85 million to go to health care facility construction. And that can be emergency rooms, it can be ventilation systems in hospitals, that sort of thing, $85 bucks. So there's multiple ways they can use yeah. that money on existing structure. Yeah, and then $50 million that is just local government infrastructure, and it's not just the county and the city. It's any political subdivision. It could be a irrigation district. It could be the community college system, $50 million. And these are grants that would have to be filled out and would have to go through the state land project to be vetted and ranked and ordered and sorted. And then $50 million towards eligible water and sewer projects. And uh, $25 million for broadband connectivity. That's one that, you know, was... I had a lot of ambivalence about, but I did get a did succeed in getting a footnote in that one. The, the you know I understand rural areas wanting to have access to broadband. I just don't know if ten years from now we won't look back and say, you know, we used to put black wire in the ground in order to have internet access, but now Elon Musk is putting twelve thousand satellites up, and you can buy a little dish. I have friends that have bought it, and they're getting three hundred and twenty five down. Yeah, I get on my home cable. I barely get a hundred, and, and so I don't know what that means. It, you know, they said you can stream like sixteen four K movies at once at that speed off of a satellite dish. So why are we going to spend twenty five million dollars to put more black cable in the ground? But you know, there were some people that just felt very strongly that that was the way, and so I didn't get my way. What I did do on that one, and I'm chasing a rabbit here, Floyd, so get me back on task. No, yeah, go ahead. But this is one I felt strongly about. I said, if we're going to hand out $25 million to the private sector to build broadband capacity, they have to make that available to everybody. Thank you. Yep. We're not going to allow you to dig the ditch from town, this town to that town, and then when your competitor comes along, you say, uh-uh, nope. I don't want any competition, and I own the rights to the ditch. I own the rights to the cable. We're saying, no, business council, put some fair rules together that the next guy can get into that ditch so we're not handing out money to subsidize a monopoly for a company. We had a situation like that a number of years ago, back in the 90s, uh, where I grew up. One business ran everything, and, and boy, did they price you. I mean, they really gouged you. Yeah. So so I can understand uh, why you took the stance you did on that. None of those companies contacted me to talk about it. They worked against it, and and, and somebody told me, boy, you sure got some people excited with that one. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But I said, yeah. if you're going to take that money, you're going to play fair. Yeah. Or you're not going to get the money. End of discussion. So, so that's ARPA. Uh, our approach was to try and put it into infrastructure, but the concern remains – whether we even have the capacity, you'd like to see that to go to Wyoming contractors. But with that much money, there may be out-of-state contractors come in. But this much money is being spent in other states. I was going to say, they're going to be busy over there. Yeah, so so that you wonder why we have 8% inflation? It's because Washington is printing money. They're absolutely out of control. 
And and it, and it, I'm afraid what what it took Ronald Reagan to do was was a recession. Ronald Reagan had to crank down on all the excessive spending, and and once you withdrew the heroin of easy money, the economy tailspinned into a recession. And that was tough medicine in order to get a recovery. And I I pray that that's not the what we're looking at now. I pray that the Federal Reserve can find a way to get a soft landing because the president's certainly not concerned about it. But we do not need another big recession in this country. I just and, and 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 if that happens, we're looking at a complete turnover in the in the in the U.S. Senate, in the U.S. House, and and ultimately in the in the, the office of the president. And that's exactly the way it came about when Reagan came in. You know, I feel like for the past, I don't know, decade, decade and a half, we're either going into or cl- trying to climb out of a recession. Uh, it's it's on the lips of everyone talking. Yeah. Um, now, if if you'd like to give a comment or ask Senator Kinsky a question, give us a ring, 674-4443. Now, when it comes to this ARPA funding, Governor Mark Gordon sent a letter to the Wyoming Legislature's Joint Appropriations Committee, which you sit on, Recommending they dedicated just under $500 million funds to a range of program and investments. I'm curious as to uh, how did the, the Joint Appropriations Committee receive those recommendations? Did a lot of money go to where he would like to have seen it within those programs? It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. And, and of course, I support the governor, Governor Gordon. Uh, I've, I've supported him when he ran as treasurer. I've supported him as governor. Um the process that he followed was he he formed a, a strike force of people to generate ideas of what was really needed. And uh, they came up with this long list of things. And uh, I had a discussion with one of my house colleagues, and I said, you know, that's just, I, I get it, but the only people that participated were the ones that knew about it. Mm-hmm. And it was top-heavy with, you know, just special interests, and I said, I think that money should go into a bucket and people all over the state should have a chance to apply because they all didn't know about it. And he says, well, it was advertised. It was advertised. And I said, that's not the way it works. You know, I, I can walk down the street and, and talk to people, and, and, and as, as heavily publicized as, as they tried to make that, people don't know what that is. Yeah. Did you know there was a strike team to, to put together a list of spending for $1.3 billion? Did you? Me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, Ron, Ron Richter covered it yeah, very you're well. In the news, you're yeah. in the news business. I'm, but this is what I do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're in the news business, but you, you walk down the street, and most people don't know. And or, so, or that they could uh, uh, apply or, or throw an idea out yeah, there. Yeah, you know? and that's so much money that I just felt it was fair. Uh, and and I, I think the governors followed a good process. I just I just differed in that, you know, I, I personally felt let's put it in, in the state land office, which sounds funny, the state land office, but they they are the ones that somehow they sort through all of the grant applications and they have a whole process to sort it out. And then you do you have a grant? Do you have a match requirement? And some cities have a bigger match requirement. And then if you're a poor little town like Claremont or KC, they say, no match for you. You know, you, you don't have two nickels to rub together. Here's the money. So they have a process. And I just felt like we needed the, the luxury of time. It, it, you know, there's we have years to spend this money. I felt like we just needed to take more time yeah. and give more people a chance to come to the table. Doing it all at once in the span of a couple of months 
That's good. It generated a lot of good ideas. But it seems like a knee-jerk reaction. Well, no, I, you know, I, I think it was a good process. It's just I felt, and the Appropriations Committee felt, there's some great ideas here, and then some others, you know, we don't, we just disagree and lined them out or put my, less money in. Um, my big frustration is he asked for quite a bit more for economic development for the business council, and and that did not make it through. I, I managed to get. $10 million for training programs for the Business Council, and that was pretty much it. We've got a caller, Mr. Senator. Uh, go ahead. You're on Public Pulse with Senator Kinsky. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I'll ask the question, and then I, I'll get off the phone so I can go and hear the answer. <clears throat> Senator, Senate File 106 passed uh, the last few days of the legislative session, whereby the Wyoming Treasurer's Office is uh, being tasked with perhaps issuing stable tokens, and these tokens would be backed by Wyoming's Treasury Office purchasing Treasury bills. It kind of runs a parallel rail to what the federal government is contemplating. They call it an issue of a stable coin. And my interest in this is uh, it was a, a the majority on both sides of the legislator voted for this, but I'm interested if you have any comments on this. This is sort of a, a wild tangent here, and the Treasury Office have had a couple conversations. They're just getting themselves up to speed, and uh, I just wonder if you would care to comment on SF-106, what your understanding of it is and what you think. Thank you. Thanks for the question, Vicki. Um, I, I, I'm always very careful when Vicki asks a question. <laughs> She's very precise. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is, uh, is I'm going to punt for now because I want to make sure that she's accurately characterizing the legislation. And so let's let's pick that up the next time I'm on, on public policy. Senate File 106. Senate File 106, yeah. I want to I backtrack and make sure that I've got all the facts straight. You know, I, as I told you, I came home exhausted, and, yeah. and I, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm giving an accurate answer on that. Uh, she deserves that, and the public deserves that. I just want to – a lot of times Vicki's questions have assumptions that, that I, I, I need to challenge. Understood. And on that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we're going to continue with our Senator, Dave Kinski. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Steve Mann. Have you heard the commercials for the Mark Patrick Stop Smoking Seminars? And they said only $49.99 and it could work for you. So I thought, that's not even a week's worth of smoking. So I went. And guess what? It did work for me. You know, my friends and family are still amazed. I quit smoking. I didn't have cravings, anxiety, or weight gain. Listen, I don't know how it works, but I know it works because I'm living proof and it's 100% guaranteed. So what do you got to lose? I'll tell you what you got to lose. A very bad habit. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and stop smoking now without cravings, irritability, weight gain, or your money back. Only $49.99 guaranteed. Become a non-smoker with hypnosis designed to work without anxiety, irritability, or weight gain. For only $49.99, become a non-smoker. That's right. Seminar Friday, March 25th at the Ramada Hotel in Sheridan from 8 to 10 p.m. Registration starts at 7.30. Weight loss seminar starts at 5.30 and stop smoking at 8 p.m. 
p.m. Here at Frackleton's, we not only go the extra mile on quality, we are dedicated to bringing that quality to the table with a devotion to freshness and eye appeal. But let's talk lunch and the original bar and grill half-pound burger with your choice of four different cheeses served with lettuce, tomatoes, red onions, and pickled slices on a Kaiser roll. Sides include sweet potato fries, shoestring fries, truffle fries, sautéed spinach, or coleslaw. Frackleton's for lunch, Main Street downtown Sheridan. Shop and save on the SheridanMedia.com spring auction. Check out these awesome deals just in time with beautiful weather. Ride the trails on a new 125 Rebel dirt bike. Save some green on a golf certificates to Hidden Bridge Golf Course. Save money with gift certificates to local stores where you can get supplies to work on a variety of home and outdoor projects. Enjoy retail therapy to Red Shed Redos and more. Place your bids now. Spring auction right now. SheridanMedia.com It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real. It may be happening to you. It ended up being a lot every month. These are the voices of frustration. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope for millions of people. There's radio. Radio? Radio with zero down and zero per month. Radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want when you want it for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connection required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Shh, don't speak. When you listen to a Sheridan Media radio station, you'll never need that. This is so wonderful. (laughs) Yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. I could use a hug. (laughs) It's radio. No subscription required. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. With me this morning is District 22 Senator Dave Kinski. He's recently returned from the 2022 Wyoming Legislative Budget Session. If you would like to give comment or ask a question, give us a ring. 674-4443. Now, uh, Mr. Senator, you sit on the Senate Appropriations Committee, um, were budget negotiations easier this year than in years past? I, th- I think they were, Floyd. Um, one, it, it, it helps when you're not just staring into the abyss fiscally. Like uh, years prior, yeah. Like prior years. But still, we've been very prudent. I, let me tell you what the trend is in state spending. This is out of our general fund. So these, these are the, the taxes that you pay and the coal companies pay and so forth that goes into what's called our general fund. So this doesn't count federal funds. It doesn't count grants. In So these are biennial numbers. So we budget on a two-year basis. In the in the years 13-14, the state budget was $3.9, almost $4 billion. The next biennium, 3.9. Then 3.6. 19 to 20, 3.5. And Governor Gordon presented us with a flat budget of, we walked away there, $3.2 billion. So from $4 billion to $3.2 billion over the span of less than 10 years. We've managed to cut some spending. Yeah, we've managed to cut some spending. And so the story this time was, especially in the areas of social services, the last session the governor had his first round of cuts, then his second round of cuts, and his third round of cuts. And, and I'll tell you what, he has done the job. He has done the job. 
a lot of governors politically, they'd say, well, you know, I'll do a little here and there and then just let the legislature really. Now you hammer it out. Yeah, Yeah. you hammer it out. No, he handed this. He did what he had to do. And some of it was not easy. And so there were some areas that we got into the third round of cuts. And what we did is we put notes in the budget in this area, this area, this area. Come back, Department of Health Services. Come back, Department of Family Services. And let's see how we're doing here. And what we found is in a, in a number of areas, that round three of cuts, we had to roll it back. It was a little too deep. We just went too far. Um, mental health and substance abuse is a good area. These community mental health centers, many of them are just, just on the verge of teetering into collapse. You cannot lose that system. It's too critical not only for the community, but, you know, a lot of these folks, they end up at the hospital or they end up being involved with law enforcement. And the costs are even higher. And so when you've got chronically mentally ill or people in crisis, let's take care of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's what we have to do. The reason it becomes a target so often is years ago, Wyoming opted not to take any federal funds for these programs. So it's all funded directly out of our pocket. So we also told the Department of Health, go see if you can get an exemption so that we can get the feds to pick up half the cost of this. And come back to that 50%, I've got an interesting stat for you. And so things like funding for developmentally disabled uh, children and adults, we had to put some of that back. Uh, Funding for foster parents, we had to put some of that funding back. Um, We had to rebase the rates for for nursing homes. You know, it's just we barely, we don't cover the cost on nursing homes. Private pay covers the cost and, and they essentially end up subsidizing Medicaid. So we, we had to do that. And then here's here's a good one. Since I know we're all concerned about what they call Title 25, which is involuntary hospitalization for somebody that's having a, a mental health episode. You, one, you can put them in the local hospital, whether it's here or Douglas or any anywhere else in the state. They're not set up for it. When somebody is in a psychotic episode or is violent, they are not set up for it. And so you hear the doctors and the nurses say, this, this is just, we are not set up to deal with people in this condition, number one. Number two, we don't have the expertise to give them the care that they need. So very often they end up getting sent to Casper, to a, an institute there called WBI, or to the state hospital. And the crisis got bad enough that our budget went from $5 million to $25 million Wow. Over the span of, you know, some number of years because... There was this institute that was charging, I don't know how, $1,000 a day in Casper, and that was the only relief they had, you know, ship them down there. So so the Department of Health has kind of gotten a handle on that, you know, gotten those rates under control. But also what we're looking at is can we get regional mental health crisis centers so you don't have to send them to Casper. And so $7 million came out of this for construction of a community mental health center crisis stabilization and I'm hoping that our area here between Sheridan and Johnson can be the pilot for that. Oh, that would be fantastic. So that, yeah. Yeah, so that in the hospital desperately wants this to happen, and, and the mental health community desperately wants this to happen. And then my understanding is VOA, and I, I may have this wrong, but VOA has, has identified funds that they can operate it. We wanted to get funds so that we can build it. And so we're, we're lucky that we have a, a, we have a passionate mental health community here locally and uh paul dimple at the at the 
Jimmy Minahal Center is a key part of that. He's he's a good guy. Grew up in the same neighborhood as him. As <laughs> so that's that's a good one. And so do we now. Now this is all very new. Um, did anyone approach you with a timeline? Um, no, I, I, I. You know, we're not there yet. Well, I know that there's a lot of activity on it. Honestly, what we do is is listen to what what needs to be done at look and evaluate whether it's worth appropriating the money. And very often we say we want a timeline. This is one where we didn't demand the timeline. We know, we know we're going to get a timeline. Mm-hmm. But before people put in that kind of time and effort, they needed to know that the funding was there. And so we thought, let's let's get the funding on the table so that these, in fairness to these people, so that then they can they can proceed to start putting their plans together. Yeah. You know, they don't want to do that just to find out we're not going to give them the money. Yeah, to find out, yeah, yeah, invest all that money themselves just to find out they'll get no return. And then some of these, so on the budget, since some of the things you work on the budget, it's not the most exciting, sexiest stuff, but it's work that has to be done. I'll, I'll give you an example. So EMIT and uh, uh, Casey and Sue Osborne generously donated the old EMIT building to the college that's on the other side of the interstate. This is worth four or five million dollars. It's a beautiful facility, and the and the college said, you know, this is perfect for our construction trades and and a lot of our other, you know, CTE programs. But we need to remodel it, fix it up, do some things with it, update it. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have the money for that, so we said, well, you've got a gift that's worth four or five million dollars. That'll be the match. And then I remember sitting there going. I went over to Mark Kinner and I said. Are we sure that they can use that donated building as the match? Or is the state construction department going to want them to have $4 million in cash in hand? Oh, surely they'll let them use it for a match. We better ask. Turns out it's a good thing we ask. Because really? They were not going to treat that as the match. They wanted, the, if they're going to give the college a $4 million grant to remodel They wanted $4 million they wanted to see on the table. $4 million wow. Table. So so we authored a note that says, by the way, on the Northern Wyoming Community College, this project, the building that they received as a gift can be used as their match. Boom. But it's it's just it's those kind of things where you just you have to be watching out for your community and you have to be listening so that when the college calls or the hospital calls or a citizen calls, that you're alert to, to things. This is something that just needs to be taken care of. It's not a big thing. But it is a big thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a big thing to put a footnote in. I was going to say, take a note. Yeah, just but you've changed something drastically changed. over a note. So that's one where you know, as short as we are on construction trades, and 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 as short as short supply as good paying jobs are, there you go. Here's college for we think it's going to be about four point four million dollars is the final appraisal on that building, and and they can get from the state four point four million dollars to remodel it. Fantastic. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll continue with Senator Dave Kinski. This is Public Pulse on 930KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. What if you had more time to manage your business operations, sell your products, or take a vacation? What if you had someone to pay your bills, handle your payroll, or watch your bottom line? 
Let the accounting professionals at Harker Mullinger add free time to your schedule by providing a cost-effective bookkeeping service as well as adding useful management reports for your business. Call or visit Harker Mullinger at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. And remember... The initial consultation is always free. Charitable giving is often an important part of your future. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. I can help you develop a charitable giving strategy designed to potentially maximize your tax benefits and reduce your record-keeping burden. Call us at 307-672-3434 to discuss how a Stiefel donor-advised fund can help create a positive impact on the causes you care most about. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system, through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. I'm here right now with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. I noticed the name change, and I got to ask, what's going on over there? Yeah, Tommy, hi. I am Candace. I moved here from Minnesota to be the new general manager at Sheridan Honda, formerly Valley Motor Honda. Look, we're really excited. Our new owner is expanding in Wyoming. We now have a sister store, Yellowstone Motors in Powell. And obviously, we've got a new name, Tommy, but it's the same great team, and we're going to continue to honor the Weber family legacy with the great service you've come to expect. Okay, Sheridan, stop in. Say hi to Candace Crane at Sheridan Honda today. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I am with District 22 Senator Dave Kinski. He's recently returned from the 2022 legislative budget session. Now, the budget was uh, the big talk going on down in Cheyenne, but there was a sidebar, and I would say it's probably one of the largest sidebars I've ever seen, and that is redistricting. Redistricting. A, 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 I've been covering this since the beginning. Uh, I'm going to admit it took me a while to try and get my head wrapped around it. This isn't an easy process, is it, Mr. Senator? It, it is not. I, I will tell you, some of us knew going in this would be the most exhausting session because not only did we have the budget, we had the construction budget and for the state construction budget, and then we had this ARPA money. And then we had redistricting, and we had 20 days to get it all done. Daunting task. Exactly. And I I can tell you that when I walked out of there Friday night, I walked straight home, 
and just sat on the couch with a couple of fellow senators, and we just stared, <laughs> just had a beer and just stared. Yeah. And, and, and we were just, just beat. The thousand-yard stare. The thousand-yard stare, exactly. And I turned to one of them, I said, you know, during session, you come home, you go to bed, but once it's all over, you just it takes you hours to get to sleep just to try and come down from all the tension. Mm-hmm. So redistricting, you're right, it takes a lot to get your head around it. So let's let's do that first. So the Wyoming Constitution requires that legislative districts get redrawn every 10 years, and then under that's common in every state. And then the U.S. Supreme Court, by decree, says under the Equal Protection Clause, every district has to be equal in population. They call it one man, one vote, which is not how Wyoming used to do it. We used to our, our Senate chamber used to be like the U.S. Senate. You know, it was it was unequal representation. Small counties would get a, a senator, larger counties would get two senators, but you know, a, a senator in a small county was representing four thousand people, and a senator in a large county was, might be representing fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand people. And the Supreme Court struck that down, and said every district has to be as, uh, about the same size. And so as these lawsuits, litigation drives too much of the world, drives me nuts. As these lawsuits developed, they came up with this rule of thumb. And it's not a hard rule. It just says, plus or minus 5%, you're good. Mostly. Presumptively constitutional. Doesn't mean you can't be sued and lose. There were lawsuits where the deviation was less than 5% where the state lost. Wow. Yeah. That surprises me. And there was a case where it was 16% and the state won. So whether it's presumed constitutional or not, what you're supposed to do is draw these districts to represent a community of interest and respect political boundaries and respect the historic representation and keep them compact and keep them contingent and not create straight ballots. You end up with an equation that's just impossible. I was going to say that almost impossible to work with. Yeah, remember how high school algebra? You go, you know, there's there's too many variables here. I, I can't solve this thing, and it is it's absolutely insoluble. And then when you take Wyoming, when you you do that with strict equality, you end up with things like um, over in 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 uh, Fremont County, one of our fellow senators represents an area called the Missouri Valley Road, and. They're sent to balance things out. Those 500 people were going to be represented by somebody on the other side of a mountain range and on the other side of the Boysen Reservoir. Wow. Yeah. Just for the sake of the for numbers. 5%. Yeah. And so the redistricting committee, and by the way, I never want to be on it, but they, they were saying strict 5%. I, I think the lawyers did them a disservice. I, I, a good lawyer will give you a more balanced approach to say, you know, here's here's your options and here's the risks and and you know so it's your choice whether you want to deviate or not. But they were they just had the life scared out of them about deviating. From you think they put the fear of lawsuit in them? Just, yeah, yeah. So they were looking at two things. Uh, one, and so then the other part is so you have two house districts of say nine thousand each roughly. They are nested in Wyoming. Two of them fit exactly inside a Senate district, and that's another principle. And so. Uh, what the other thing that was rattling around in there is some of the larger counties, I won't name them. Uh, one at at sixty House members and thirty Senate members qualified for point four six additional House seats, but if you go to sixty two House members and thirty one senators, 
they qualified for another house seat. So they get another representative. And then you draw the boundaries so that you're, you don't, you're not bleeding over into these other counties. And so there were a couple counties like that. There was a big, that was kind of the undertone of it a little bit. And don't get me wrong, this is not the first time that Wyoming has had 62 in the House and 31 in the Senate. It's, it, the numbers have gone back and forth over the years. So, it, you know, it's not like the end of the world, but it is expansion of government. And so there was they, the, the redistricting committee had two plans. One was a 60-30 that was in deviation, and then they had a 62-31 that was in deviation. The problem is the 62-31, to stay within 5%, took Arveda Claremont and school district number three and said, you're not going to be represented by Senator Kinski anymore. You're not going to be represented by Representative Crago. You're going to be represented by somebody from Campbell County. And they feared... Nothing against the good people of Campbell County, but they feared, and I think rightfully so, that they would be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to allow the those people, folks in the backyard, right? That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to allow the people of Arveda Claremont to be forgotten. Just not going to happen. And I got calls, not just from that area, from all over Sheridan County and all over Johnson County, because the trade, the commerce, the marriages, the families, it that that orbit is all between Arveda Claremont. Buffalo, which is just a 20-minute, 30-minute drive, and Sheridan, historically. It, it, it hasn't been with Gillette. There's not a connection. So we said the community of interest, to use the court's word, is for Arveda Claremont to be part of Sheridan County, notwithstanding. So what the House did is they, they adopted the 6231 plan but said we're going to have one exception to deviation, and that will be in Sheridan. We will allow Sheridan School District Number 3 to, to remain represented by Sheridan County Senators and a Sheridan County Rep. And so they sent us over a plan that was out of deviation. The Senate then adopted a completely different plan, uh, going back to 6030. That was, a rep, that was Senator Bo Beitman's motion. And so now you've got two completely different plans that have been passed out, each with different boundaries. And so we've got to reconcile the two. So I was on the conference committee, which was one of the more difficult committees I've ever been on, and it turned out nobody expected that the one hiccup in the entire redistricting plan would be Sheridan and Johnson. And we had a devil of a time getting the, the borders redrawn. We were out of deviation, but you're trying to redraw them so you minimize the deviation. Mm -hmm. you no, know, here, this is what I'd like to see, but that puts this one at 8.5%. When you move one border, the other one adjusts. It's, yes, yeah. it, you know, it's like the little boy with the dike. You plug this and it starts leaking somewhere else. And so to draw that back down and get everybody maybe 6%, then you, you're drawing other other lines that didn't make sense. And we worked very closely with the clerks of Johnson and Sheridan County. Johnson County is easy. You know, it's one house district. But Sheridan County... You start redrawing those lines, and you got to work with your clerks. She says, well, you know, you just created 15 split ballots. What's a split ballot? That means it, within one precinct, you walk in, and you say, what's your address? Such and such. You say, okay, you get the ballot for Floyd Whiting and, and everybody else. What's your address? Oh, you get the ballot for Dave Kinski and everybody else. It, it's, it's, it's a pain. Absolutely. It's a major pain. And so you try to avoid all those things. So we were struggling, 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 struggling. And, and somebody told me, you guys all go back in the room one more time. And I, and I looked at my boss and I said, 
we have exhausted every option we can think of. God bless Barry Crago. You know, he, he tried and tried and tried, tried to come up with some kind of compromise plan. And um, I said, there's got to be a fresh set of eyes. I, we, 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 we can't see it anymore. We've been working on it so hard. So a guy from Worland who was born in Claremont, whose motion it was to put the 6231 plan out of deviation to keep Claremont in Sheridan County, Mike Greer. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. So Mike's in the room. So we're going over all these options, and Mike goes, why don't you just unnest the Senate districts? Can we do that? Sure. And it, for reasons that I, I can't even explain now in hindsight, that worked. And I can't even explain because we're, you know, it, it was just so complex. Why we got hung up, it, it just, it's hard to explain. But then somehow drawing these borders, because you didn't have to worry about nesting. Two and one. Yeah, as, a, as yet another variable. Yeah. So Mike says, just draw the two Senate districts. So the House people can draw however they want to get it balanced out, and then the Senate districts can be drawn however we want. So it was relatively easy. A uh, story stayed with, uh, went to, to Barry Crago, and um, and then uh, I just had to take some more blocks out of the city of Sheridan to keep it in balance. And the, the heart of the issue was what, what we were struggling with is Sheridan County grew, Johnson County shrank. Uh, Sheridan County grew in Dayton, Ranchester, and huge, I mean, huge numbers of people, so we had to redistribute those lives. And so now you're looking, okay, here's Story. That's a 1,000 people. Depending on who gets Story, you, you start relieving a whole bunch of the imbalance. But Story had been Story's been treated like a, a football. You know, they get traded every time there's a day. Right, <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the part of the deal. That yep. So anyway, in the end, we, we, got, it all, we got it all resolved. We got it all resolved, and I, I, I can't remember what time of night we got it all passed, but everybody was just beat, exhausted, and now we need some time. There were there was so much, not just in Sheridan, all across the legislature, on the budget, on the ARPA money, on, on redistricting. There was so much push and shove. It, it didn't get like it was Washington, D.C., but, you know, there's a, there's, there's a there lot. Was a, there was some passion there's, this there's year. Some there passion, was some passion. Not everybody got what they wanted, so... You need to give it some time. You know, people, it just needs to have some time for everybody to rest up. And and somebody said, do you want to go on public pulse? Yeah, but I better get some rest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, we certainly do uh, appreciate all the work that you guys have put in. And you accomplished what you set out to do, uh, which to me, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not that I questioned all of you down there. I just saw the amount of work that had to be done. And you had 20 days to do it. So congratulations. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on uh, the expansion of your family, sir. Thank you. In the end, Sheridan and Johnson County, our communities, are absolutely worth the work and distress. Absolutely. absolutely. God bless. This has been Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
The office supply department continues to expand at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Need office supplies? We're here to help. We're adding more in-stock items all the time. You can also go online to SheridanCommercial.com and view over 42,000 office supply items that you can have delivered to your office or to our store. We'll even deliver them. SheridanCommercial.com is an office supply mega website. The Sheridan Commercial Company office supply department inside at 303 Broadway or online at SheridanCommercial.com. Today isn't just another ordinary day. It's time for you to make a career change. And your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette would like you to join their team. Owner Larry Storo. Bob, you can earn up to $15 per hour. And even better is that you can work today and get paid tomorrow. We'll help you improve your career potential with benefits that include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. Apply in person today at your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Alpha Graphics is expanding. We recently acquired Sheridan Printing and have moved our shop to a new, larger location. We're now located at 2266 North Main, next door to the Social Security office. Our office is open while construction is in progress. Or, if you'd rather, you can contact us by calling 674-6227 or online at alphagraphicsheridan.com. We look forward to working with all of you in 2022. What's up with the weather? Sunny one minute, blizzard the next. The new forecast now calls for big savings at Midas. Save up to 170 bucks with the installation of four select tires at Midas Tire and Auto, which happens to come with free brake inspection. If you happen to need brake service, you can save another 50 bucks. Whatever you need, Midas will keep you rolling safely this spring with a little more green in your pocket. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Check out the awesome deals on now during the spring auction at SheridanMedia.com. Get ready for seasonal projects with help from Sheridan Commercial, M&K Rentals, Sheridan Custom Stone, Landon's Greenhouse and Nursery, Indulgence and Self-Care with gift certificates from Crossroads Health, Anytime Fitness, Rose Petal Beauty and Forever Flawless. Enjoy dining and stick to your budget with dining certificates from the Burger Wagon, Frackleton's, Zoli's Pizza and more. Place your bids now the spring auction online at SheridanMedia.com. It's finally March, which means it is time for that famous college basketball tournament. And that means the people that know what I'm talking about are definitely watching it at work. Don't close that tab. It's already kind of obvious. If you want a preview for every single game from the tournament, then come tune into the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast where we have a college basketball extravaganza where I break down every single game from the tournament. So come tune in. The Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on SheridanMedia.com or PodcastWyoming.com. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates Investing Studio. Brokered by EXP. K-R-O-B.